Chris has done his yawn, yeah. and we're back for a Minnesota. Minnesota. Nine? I don't Nine? Know. It's Minnesota nine? Nine. Don't do that. <laughs> Good call. No more praising Sikorsky. No more praising anything like that. Let's talk about stuff that's going on. What's happening, people, in the oh. world of daddies? Um, everybody's sick. Everybody's sick. Ugh. Coronavirus. What a month to not be drinking when a virus oh. comes out called the coronavirus. coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh my god, let's uh, let's not drink away this flu. Oh. Ma 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 corona. That she looks like Heather Lockley after nine corona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shouldn't actually really make light of. Mild pandemics. Mild pandemics. It's yes. a mild pandemic. You were calling it what? An infodemic? Well, so that's what the World Health Organization is calling it is an infodemic because people are getting all their information about this from Twitter and Facebook and all the bullshit social media. And then, of course, the media writes articles now that just quote people's tweet tweets, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, all this shit that's being published is like, we're all going to die. Dah. When in reality... We're probably just going to be sick, sits around, like the SARS thing that happened a couple of years yeah. back. Like, sit back, have some chicken noodle soup, and just, like, don't be hurt. You know, don't go out and not wash your hands. Don't go out and, like, you know, just don't be a goddamn germ spreader. Well, like, and that's the big thing, is we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, a natural occurring uh, type of virus, right? Because this is historical. Viruses come. Viruses they, go. They hit a population. Sometimes you go back like bubonic plague. They Black decimate plague, they a, decimate a population. population. But part of that is also like the earth keeping things in balance yeah. and check. And okay. In case you haven't noticed, there's a few of us around here. Maybe we need a few checks and balances. Well, we're not. We're not going into eugenics. <laughs> no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't indicating it, but like, but, yeah, you know, we're due, right? Like, it's, um, uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, people having all this spread across the planet over just. Our socials, whereas we're not really being told many facts. You know what's funny is like about two or three weeks before the coronavirus kind of became a thing, I rewatched Contagion. <laughs> <laughs> and so like when it came out, I was like, I was like don't touch my face. Don't touch my face. Because like, that's <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the average person touches their face 500 times in a day. <laughs> like, and then you like stroke your, <laughs> your beard <laughs> as you're like, oh, that's fact. interesting. Ah! Um, yeah. The bigger the bigger threat isn't the coronavirus; it's it's the actual flu. Yeah, right. Like so many more people get sick with the actual flu. So many more people die in a year from the actual flu. But we we hear, oh oh, this virus has come from another country and it's infecting people, and yeah. suddenly you get like the racists come out of the woodworks. Oh, huge! You hear that two cruise lines have denied uh, anybody to be able to board a cruise ship if they have a passport from China. Uh, Macau or Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. So like, really? I think it's like, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw out which ones they were because I can't remember and I don't want to say the wrong ones. It was but, a German Holland cruise line. No, no, they're, no. they're American. They're oh, American yeah, yeah. cruise lines. Oh, I, th okay. I think like one was Royal Caribbean or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent. Like you can Google that shit. Like we don't, we're not the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, we don't, we don't have, have anybody. We don't have a Jamie. We don't have a Jamie here. No, definitely not. So you guys can check that out on your own. Figure um, it out. But but the thing that we should be pre preventing ourselves from is the basic flu. Yeah. Right? Because if we're pre preventing ourselves from the basic flu, it's going to help us just stay healthy in general. Right? Did yep. you get, do you guys get the flu shot? I do not. Why not? 
we just had believed in one more shot. We were like basic, uh, basic, you know, measles, mumps, rubella, uh, tetanus for sure. We're all okay. bored. We just, I don't know, we felt that we'd rather just wash our hands, be careful with what we're doing there. And I don't know, we just had reservations about the flu shot. We've heard of its ineffectiveness and it's just. Well, I'm going to go and do it. This year, there's two strains of the flu shot, eh? Oh, there is, yeah. like, a basic strain and then a super strain. Oh, no, one of our posters got damaged. Um, and, and that was because, like, we've seen the flu really impacts children and seniors. Yep. And in your house, you have children Both. and seniors, seniors. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's one of those things where a little prick on the arm is a nice prevention, even if it's not 100% effective. No shot is 100% effective. And, you know, you are taking strains from the last year's flu season to to make it work. But why not pretend? Why not pretend it? Yeah, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Is that what you were getting at on that one? Oh, I think that it's important to to keep things, uh, keep, keep this stuff as preventable as possible, the spread of it, right? Yeah, we'll take a consensus at the hospital or at the hospital when they're all dead. No, we'll take a consensus around the house maybe for next year's shot. But now seems a little bit. Uh, well, boring. don't don't let the kids have a vote. No, no, yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, no, there's no, yeah, they don't get a vote. They're just they're voluntold for sure. See, I because I work in a community health center, we have a flu shot at work. So like, you know, I'm working with vulnerable people with autoimmune diseases and stuff like that. I'm working with seniors and retirement communities. Yeah, you pretty much are at the front line of everybody could become infected. However, both Kate and I got the flu shot this year, and we both got the flu. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have some snuffles right now, but I have not come down with a full-blown flu. So, I also eat a lot of garlic, and <laughs> most of my vegetables came from my backyard, too. So, I don't know. Whatever. But, like, outside of the flu shot, you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the fact that the easiest and most effective way of preventing the flu is... Wash your hands. Wash your fucking hands. That's it. Like, stop being... Your phones have shit on them, people. Literally have shit on them. Like, if you use your phone when you go to the washroom, I guarantee you, your phone has shit on it. And do yourself a favor, shut it off, and Lysol wipe that fucker once a week. I have to take my phone out of my case and wash it because of the drywall contamination and Mm -hmm. all the other construction dust. It's just... Get into it. It's you wash your hands, wash your phone. Yeah, I don't wash your phone. And, like I'm not. Advising. Don't <laughs> don't stick your phone in a dishwasher. Don't really. do that at all. That's going to be horrible for all. Although things, if but... you do do that, to dry it out, just stick it in the microwave for about a minute. Yeah, yeah, and stand real close to it. Watch the pretty show that's going to go down. Uh, it, about washing your hands, though, it's. It's not just the water, it's the act of rubbing, right? And like soap the, in between and in between each and ultimately rubbing the germs off. Yeah. There's um, you know, we were just talking about like the inaccuracies of Facebook and Twitter when it comes to like the information that comes out. But uh, a school and I saw this on Facebook, which is why I'm bringing that up. But a school did this experiment of where they had kids touch different slices bread. of bread. bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they like wipe their hand across the Chromebook and then touch the piece of bread. Yeah. They Lysoled their hands and touched the piece of bread. They washed their hands with soap and water and touched the piece of bread. They didn't do anything to their hands and touched the piece of bread. And then I can't remember the other one. They had one control of it. It came right out of the package. Right out of the yeah. package. Yeah. And the cleanest piece of bread was the was the piece of bread right where you would washed your hands with soap and water. Besides the control of it right out of the package, yeah. obviously. And then... But, <laughs> 
<laughs> the one with the Chromebook. Yeah, it was so it was gross. gross. It was so oh gross. my god! Good yeah. thing that I'm using a MacBook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a big thing. Wash your hands. Get your kids into it. That's one of the biggest things I have with Eddie and Erica is how they do it. And soap do, and how often do your kids get sick? Not very. Because, like, Eddie's, you're six and three? Six and yeah, four? Six and, six, oh, six and four. Rounding up. Six and four. Ahead. Okay. So, six and four. How many times do you, do you say in the last six and four years have they gotten the flu? Eddie had a significant spike when he started school. In fact, I think he got it once in, real bad in his JK year. And twice in his SK. He okay. has had it... He had, like, a fever this year, but that was about it. Okay. Erica had a corresponding with it. And then when he was not in school, he would get sick maybe about once a year. Okay. Yeah. What was your go-to? Like, when they get to the flu, like, when do, you, when do you decide to take them into, like, the doctors or into the hospital? or? Well, funny story on that one. Erica... Uh, got me a good present for my birthday when I was right. 37. I she got me a trip to Chio because she has femoral seizures. Mm-hmm. And like my wife was like, oh, I don't know my genetic history. This is all my fault. And I'm like, it's okay, baby. And then the next day I get a call from my mom saying, yeah, you had that when you were really small. Yeah, this is like the same thing that you had. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, my wife, an apology. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. Bastard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when they, uh, per, the the fever runs over a certain time and a certain temperature and Tylenol and anything else has not had any sort of effect mm-hmm. into it, then it's going directly to a doctor. Or if you can't get your doctor appointment into it, you you know head into the hospital. Head into the chew. Yeah. Um, with, with your daughter having febrile seizures, like how often does she have those seizures? She doesn't, and it was only when she was really sick, really temperature-wise. It was almost like she was so hot that her little computer brain didn't know what to do. So she was like, Control-Alt-Delete! So, <laughs> so she pulled a Simon Selene. Totally pulled a Simon. Yeah, totally glitched. Except Simon was more of a direct shutdown and a restart. Hers <laughs> was like, I don't know how to compute this! It was really scary. Really scary. So, so the febrile seizures that she had were were associated with the sickness that she had. So, you'd ultimately want to keep her from having the flu. Yes, from preventing this from happening again. But her being like my mini me, but female form, she I grew out of them as soon as I hit past uh, three. Okay. I, was, no, I, would, I didn't have them Some people grow out of them later than that. Like yeah. I've known people that have had febrile seizures where they've gone on to like five oh, or I'm, up. Um, you know, and you've met, you've met my brother-in-law, James, right? right? And yep. his, his son has seizures. We're not necessarily calling febrile seizures, but oh, yeah. there are, there are seizure issues going on and they have seizures regularly, but we also recognize that that happens a lot of the time when temperatures go up or when a cold comes in. And so that's why as a family, we're kind of like, one of us is sick. We don't go out for yeah, anything, Sunday, yeah, Sunday, Sunday dinner, right? Sunday adventures. Yeah. 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 Kind of, kind of changing gears. So, like, wash your hands. Make sure well, your kids yeah. are washing their hands. And the statement, wash your hands. <laughs> and here's the thing. So, I've been to your place, and I've seen your kids run around through your yard. And, like, Eddie will just be running around in some short shorts and nothing else. Nothing and, else, yeah. And, like, rolling in the dirt and the grass. And yeah, stuff and like. then we just, we call them the free-range children. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do they have, like, do you ever find that they, like, resist the wash? No. 
No, they're all like, yeah, yeah, I'll no, wash up. Totally good. Let's do this. Okay. Erica gets a little bit pissed off because her hair is so long now, and she hates doing it because it's so much, it's so labor intensive. Yeah. And like, I don't even piss around with child like shampoo anymore. I go directly to adult stuff, so it's very like she catches it in her eye. She's You're like, getting ah! head and shoulders, bitch. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm not calling no, your daughter. No, no. <laughs> yeah, girl. Ah, yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, no, they don't resist it at all. They okay. Eddie enjoys shower time, and Erica enjoys her baths. But like, what about just basic like? Go wash your hands before dinner. Like, do you know that they're actively like getting they they are and actively every time they use the bathroom, we call them on it. They're, Did you wash your hands? And they're like, yes. And they'll show you like like wet hands and stuff. Okay. I'm like, okay, we'll dry them better. You know, like <laughs> they come but, out like Lady Macbeth, and it's all bloody because they've just bloody. been washing their hands for it's three like, days straight. <laughs> clean, clean, <laughs> everything. Spots. <laughs> Gosh. Forest approaches. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah, all right. So, uh, changing tunes. So this is the Minnesota. Got a few little things that we wanted to kind of talk about. Today is February 9th. Yep. February 9th. We are nine days into uh, dry February. Yep. That's going well for you? Sure is. It's going well for me? It The uh, first three days kind of sucked. There's been a few triggers, but... Uh, my brother is down from Alberta, and uh, he hasn't been observing it as much, but that's fine. He hasn't been... Is, is his consumption is significantly lessened because the rest of us are not consuming. Yeah. So he he doesn't want to seem like a raging alcoholic. He's so, not like drinking around the house while you guys are like. No, and and like he, I think over this last week he had a large bottle of wine and six tall boys. Over a week. Okay. Over a week. Okay. Right. So he he just wants to drink, but he doesn't. Yeah. So, and then we also to celebrate it, we uh, started a wine kit. Yeah, because you brought your wine stuff here, yeah, and, then and then you it, had to come pick it, it up. Picked up. Well, at least just a carboy, but anyways. What what type of wine are you? Guys We're a making? Pinot Noir. Ooh. Yeah, with a bit of oak flavoring into it. So Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I'll bring you a bottle. It'll be fun. Nice, uh, nice. Well, it you should know be we'll done do? the first week of February. Well, our first March. week of March. Sorry. What we'll do? Yeah. We'll crack a bottle. We'll drink it on our like first yeah, episode we'll do, back. <laughs> first episode back in March. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I bring up, um, that because we are in Canada on February 17th, we have family day. Yay! I know we get, we get this nice little holiday. In I February. think, I think it aligns up with an American holiday. Not 100% the third, sure. the third Monday of February. Third Monday of February. Okay. Um, but we have family day, which allows us to spend it with our family. Like it's a federal holiday that we get off and it's, it is to promote. Is it federal or provincial? It's federal. Or no, each province separates differently. So yeah. Like I remember Dalton McGinty brought it in. Yeah, it was originally started in Alberta, and then Dalton the Guilty brought it over here, and you guys started it, so, started it, <laughs> shared it, and then... So uh, what are these Albertans complaining about that we don't respect them? We're taking their holiday. That's right. <laughs> Not even mentioning that we took it, but you know, it's fine. They took it, yeah. Uh, We're good at that in Canada. Taking things and not giving... Ralph, Ralph Klein in the 90s started it. Ooh. Ralph Klein in the 90s started it. Uh, and I think it was like, ah, oh, we've been cutting so many uh, provincially funded hospitals, and we better give them a day off so they don't revolt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so that was, that's what happened there. But, uh, yeah, and I guess uh, Nova Scotia has one. Uh, it's called Louis Real Day in, in uh, uh, Manitoba. Manitoba. Yeah. Uh, 
Th- I think two. BC has one too, don't they? Yeah, BC's. Yeah, BC, Alberta and BC have the same. I think. Yeah, it's I a, think it was like around the same. They're time, around the right? same time. Yeah. No, if we're wrong and you're from there, you can correct us. But totally, write in is what we're saying. Correct us, please. Acknowledge. We're gonna resistance. start just to say wrong shit, just to like just just to check to see if you guys are there. Um. PEI calls it Islander Day, and Nova Scotia calls it Nova Scotia's Heritage Day. So. Okay. I, I, okay. That's cool. I, this is my first family day, like, with a family. Oh, cool. Well, like, I've had, like, my parents and my family, but, like, living in Ottawa. Yeah, family like, Day came in when I moved to Ottawa. My yeah. family does not live here. So, like, what types of things have you done in the past on family day? Or do you just treat it as, like, an extra Sunday and... Yeah, it's kind of, it depends. If it's really cold, it's just an extra Sunday. If it's nice, we kind of make the effort to go outside and do something. Uh, We're not huge Winterlude people, but that's happening here. This is the first weekend? Uh, I think Winterlude started last weekend. Did it? Oh, okay. Anyway, it's a whole, uh, a little festival that Ottawa throws uh, celebrating the winter. Basically, <laughs> basically embrace it because it's here and you can't get rid of it. So yeah. come on outside and do some fun shit. I think the last week is the family day week and it has all the ice carvings and, and all those things. No, the ice carvings are already out. They're already out? Yeah, okay. that's why. So we're going to Winterlude after yeah, this. Yeah, after this. Because so. uh, like, all the sculptures are out because they do competitions. I believe the last day of Winterlude is family day. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes, so, yes. like, by then, most of those sculptures will be melted. Yeah, because, you know, there's well, problems with temperature consistency here. And global warming. Global warming. Um, <laughs> Total myth, though. That's your Alberta coming out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to put it away. <laughs> my Alberta was showing. Oh, my God. My apologies. Um, this, this year, we're actually, I got tickets to um, the matinee Ottawa 67s versus the London Knights game. Oh, cool. Because uh, I grew up in London, London, and I'm a London Knights fan. we got a London Knights yeah, in our... Uh, remarkably like the Mighty Ducks. Except they're colors. Knights. Yeah, they are, the they, are, they are the Mighty Ducks colors. Yeah. Um, green and yellow and kind of maroon. Teal? Teal. It's a green. Purple. It's a green. It's a green? It's a green, maroon, yellow. Um, I don't know. It makes me want to say quack. But like... Quack. <laughs> quack. Oh, whatever. This will be Maddie's first hockey game. That's cool. So we're going to like strap her in and uh, just go to town. It's go to town. TD place? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kate will cheer for the Ottawa 67s and I will take my London Knights pennant and I'll wave it around. And They're both actually really good teams. Yeah, the league, 67s so. made it to the finals last year. Uh, what do they call it? The Memorial Cup? Yep, the Memorial yeah. Cup. And uh, the Knights uh, often have a lot of their players recruited to the NHL. Yeah. You know, like Max Domi, uh, Rick yeah. Nash. Um, those are the two big ones. Domi and so, Nash, uh, yeah. So uh, scrappers. So they're scrappers. Scra- they are they're scrappers. scrappers. London Knights. No, kidding. London scrappy guys. Well, they are. And yeah. they used to be one of those things where growing up in London, we would go to the games and it would be like four fights a period. Sure, yeah. And <laughs> Gordy Howe hat trick for all. <laughs> <laughs> two years ago, or maybe it was last year. I don't know. Uh, Kate and I got tickets to the 67s, and it was the year... No, it was two years ago, because it was the year that they were doing... They weren't doing so great. Right. Um, they did make it to the playoffs, but they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Hamilton Bulldogs, and we got tickets to the uh, one of the Hamilton Bulldog uh, 67s games, and we were right behind the Hamilton bench, and when, when the Knights aren't in town, I'm cheering for the 67s, because... Yeah. Ottawa, well, yeah, right? Ottawa, yeah. And one fight breaks out. Also, like, at this time, the, the arena was empty. Like, there were maybe a thousand people in this arena total. Because wow. they, were, they weren't having a great season. Yeah. And uh, a fight breaks out in the third period. First fight of the game. 
front row, right behind the bench. Refs break it up within like five seconds, and I just stand up and bellow, "Let them fucking fight!" Because that's that's how we do it in London, yeah. right? And everybody in the entire arena stops and just looks at me, like even on the ice, like they're brawling on the ice, and they just look over, and I'm like. Hi. <laughs> you sit down. I wish, I wish there were 20,000 more people here. Yeah, so I could have disappeared. Uh, it's like that Homer Simpson going backwards into, into the, bush. the bush. No confrontation. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so yeah, that's what we're doing on Family Day. Uh, but I, I feel like Family Day this year is going to mean less to a lot of families because... It's been like, there's like two or three family days a week right now with the strike. With the school strikes. These yes. rotating school oh, strikes. Man. You know what? If if uh, Uncle Ford's not paying attention, they should honestly just walk it out for two weeks. My 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 wife said that. She's like, it happened to me in the... The, the Harris days. Yeah, the Harris days. My Harris days. So I'm like, you know what? If they're not going to pay attention, there you go. That's what you should do. Just lock it all out. And then you're going to get what you want. I mean, well, it may cause this disruption. Or, or you get back-to-work legislation, which nobody really nobody wants. Nobody really that, wants, that, yeah. I'm, like, defeats the whole purpose, purpose of, of the, the strike. And um, the strikes, but. I think that this is, like, the, the elementary school strike with... Because they're, they're dealing with four unions, right? Right. Four unions are doing... Um, uh, the strike stuff. The biggest one that's pushing forward is ETFO. Or ETFO. That's Kate, Kate corrects me every time I say ETFO. Um, they are the ones that are elementary school English. Right. They are not the ones that are facing uh, increase to class sizes. They're not the ones that are facing a mandatory e-learning. Uh, what they're looking for is they're looking for support for the EAs and TAs and ECEs yeah. and stuff like that that are coming in. That would be the easiest union to deal with over the high schools where they're saying we're taking class sizes from 22 to 28 and then lowering it to 25 to make it look like they're lowering class sizes. That's the one where they're saying uh, there's going to be mandatory e-learning that's going to take place uh, instead of having teachers in classrooms. That's the harder one to, to fight with. So settle the one with the union that has like the biggest, it, yeah, the, the biggest it, impact. Yeah, pick your paddles, buddy. Pick but your battles. these people are idiots. And like... Political stripes aside, we've got a, a an education minister who was raised in a private school. Yeah, uh, went off to like run a um, fucking um, fraternity off of UWO where oh, he like yeah. sexually hazed people. Sexually hazed people. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't then, get me wrong, a hazing is appropriate, but it's called university. <laughs> and so so that's that's our minister of education is someone who i consider to be a sexual predator yep. who has zero experience as a teacher and zero experience um in the public school system and his deputy secretary a deputy minister, minister was homeschooled <laughs> <laughs> it was real easy to make a pass at his teacher get it no, he no. had a thing for <laughs> he had a thing for teacher yeah, he took, his, he took a... his teacher to the prom and uh, that's how he <laughs> lost his bad. virginity. He got it bad. Sam Oosterhoff. Sam Oosterhoff. Sam Oosterhoff. Oosterhoffin. You be oh. hoffin' on your teacher. All right. That was that's cool. also your mom, you pervert. Yeah. All right. Um. So. So that's that's how how have things been going with strike days for you guys? Oh. Well, they had two in a row last week. They had the Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday off, and then we got dumped with a whole bunch of snow. So they were like, "Snow day, motherfuckers!" So we've had them around for you know a whole week. And then this week, there's two strike days, and then 
Friday's a PD Friday's day. Friday's a PD day. So it's like, oh, wow, what's, you know, oh, just. You know, it's, sorry, think, Amanda does a lot of crafts with them. She gets them outside for a running. She, she gets, does a lot of crack with them. Yeah, crack. <laughs> Not crack, you know, keeps them up, but then they drop real quick. No, she does a lot of crafting. She does a lot of art stuff. Uh, I don't have a dining room table. I basically have a craft area. And I'm all like, I can't be like, give me my dining room table back because I'm not there all day. I can't be, you know, it's called pick your battles. Pick your battles. <laughs> pick your battles. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, kind of rounding our, our Minnesota out this week, um, a few a few more things I wanted to bring up is uh, we do we do like this segment, Dick of the Week, and that Dick of the Week segment is supposed to be like the dad of the week, the yeah. person who, you know, did something good. And I know we've made some jokes in our Dick of the Week segment and maybe some inappropriate ones. Super inappropriate. But um, I... I want to talk about some dads or some father figures that, like, are shitty. Yeah, and how some shitty people are asking for sympathy. Empathy. 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 Right. Like, sympathy is in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. Right? <laughs> so, self-inflicted, adjacent to self-inflicted gunshot. Like, but, like... Let's, like, let's take a look at two people in particular. You got Rush. Uh, Rush, I can't even say his name. Rush Limbaugh. 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 I, I associate him with that card from Cards Against Humanity. Rush Limbaugh's soft, shitty body. Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He, was, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, I, I, I would never actually wish cancer or on death anybody, on anybody. But, but years <laughs> of spewing hate, what did it bring you to... An illness inside of you. Oh, it's like it's like it's almost like the cancer that he spewed, kind of like came back metastasized. And met, well, it had to start somewhere, right? And I was like, well, we got no place else to go. Like, this, Here it is. Yeah. This is a man who regularly shuts slut shames uh, people. He he makes shit up uh, about other people. He doxes them. Yep. He he <laughs> just spews white supremacist hate. Yep, and pretty much. Then he gets cancer and is awarded an honor, like a medal of honor yeah, for that bullshit. Like, like, just, wow. I, I saw this one cartoon that it was really funny, and it was like 13 people, like 13 clans people all in hoods, and it says, identify Rush Limbaugh, and one of them's wearing a medal of honor, and it's, like, it's just like 13 clans members in hood, and one with a medal of honor, it's like, identify Rush Limbaugh. And I feel like that's that's accurate. We've got like... <laughs> We've got a white supremacist in the White House giving medals of honor to dying white supremacists. That's like a, you've you've lived a life, but it was like I don't know. I would argue that it was a very shitty life, and these are the type of people that I hope hell exists for. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, they only have people around who don't really respect them. And they're not really living a full life. That is their hell on earth. You know and what I mean? like. Here's the thing: is how do we? Because we're never, we're not always going to agree with people's political stances or social stances. How do we keep our humanity about us when shit like this happens and we almost want to clap? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Like, uh, obviously, their families are going to be affected by this somehow. Yeah, and that's, and that's really where I put the onus on. I'm not going to shit on the guy too much because clearly his track record speaks for himself. Okay. So I find it best in obviously any statement not to 
as best empathy as I can is I don't throw stones at somebody like that because for one Let he who is without sin cast the first <laughs> yeah, stone. Yeah, no, you know, right. I'm like... Let's I'm, pull some Jesus in this? Yeah, totally. Let's pull some Jesus into this one. And I... I it is a, a Sunday goal. morning. It is a, it is indeed. <laughs> it's one of those things where that I, I look at that and go, you know, uh, my mother said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that's kind of what it is. It, why would I waste my breath so sharing the, sympathy or empathy towards this person when he really didn't deserve so it? So in, in the hind like not hindsight, but like in in your grand scheme of things, indifference is the best way to handle it. Yes, yeah, the absence of love is indifference, indifference. right? And so that's like indifference is almost more like if I show an emotion towards this, that means I'm vested in the yeah, person and so, I have good or bad. Right? So, like, the best bet is to not have a horse in the race. Okay. Sun Tzu says the best way to win a war is by not being there. Fair enough. Right. Or, yeah, this, this is true. Like, I always, when I'm talking to people about aggression, like, in preventing and managing aggressing, aggressive behavior, we talk about how somebody, if someone's hitting you at a 9 out of 10, if you hit them at a 10 out of 10, they're going to come back at 11 out of 10, right? Yeah, it's and just, it's going to keep escalating. It's escalation. But if they hit you at a 9 out of 10 and you come and hit them with a, I'm not saying physically hit them, but, like, you know, hit them at, like, a 6 out of 10, they're not going to be able to go up to a 10. They might come down to a 7. Yeah. And then you can go down to a five and bring them down that way. Yeah. And then once they're all the way down to the three, then you drop that fucking ten. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just, again, it, uh, it's, I don't know. I've always found in my life that the more you hold on to a hate or you get wild up about something, it, the more energy you spend at something, it's my energy. Why am I giving it to something that I don't want to give it to? So mm-hmm. the quicker you can just kind of like acknowledge that it pisses you off and then just let it be. I think that's then, why I block and mute people on Twitter so often oh, is because it's yeah. such a rage. Like that's why I'm not even there. It's an area of rage oh. where I'm like, there's a place for it. But it's such a toxic place, and you just need to you need to be able to recognize. Like, I actually, in some people that I don't mute, I'll just put like "see less often" tweets. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, this is person. No, I'm cool. I don't need to. There's a there's a mute button for that. Exactly. Um, you know, and then on the other side of the coin, when it comes to like shitty people getting shitty things happening to them, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think I think I'm a little bit more indifferent to this one than I am to the Rush Limbaugh because of how how shitty Rush has had like you know, Jordan Peterson has said some awful things as well. Yeah. But I have I have empathy for him in the fact that, you know, his wife was diagnosed with like a terminal cancer, right? And that led to like that aggravated an anxiety disorder. Um he got hooked on claws of him. Clausies. I I take clonazepam. I'm on I'm on clonazepam for generalized anxiety those, disorder. Yeah, those are like a calming one. It's right? a benzodiazepine. Okay, yeah. They're they're, they're not a di- they're not a dilly, but they're like they are highly addictive. Oh yeah, for sure. And the thing is, like, they need to be monitored. It's one of those things where the doctor that prescribes me clonazepam, I don't take it every day. Fair I enough. can't take it every day. No. If I take it every day, I'm going to become addicted to the substance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to, like, I plan my weeks out particularly around what days I know are going to be more stressful than the other ones. And yeah. I try to, like, take it in accordance to what my, like, schedule allows me to take it to. And I know that I can get away without taking it because I'm very, very diligent about how I take it, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a fine line you walk with that one. 
Well, it's one of those things where you can't be taking it with alcohol, right? Oh, yeah, you you yeah, can't. Yeah. You you want to be taking it before bed. You don't want to be taking too much. And you need to make sure that you're weaning off of it eventually. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like you've got a, a professor who has claimed many times that he knows the best way to cure a, a, a cure addiction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he can't put that into play for himself. And the empathy is the fact that we don't actively see the addiction happening to ourselves when we can see it happening to others. Yeah. Amen to that one. Um, I don't want the guy to die. I no. don't want anybody really to die, but like, you know, running off to Russia to get treatments that are readily available here. I, I think he's saying that they've got that their treatments are better, but I think that it gives them more privacy. Yeah, that's probably and you know, fair enough, you know, and a change of scenery is I can from personal perspective, being away from the country that you grounded the addiction into is gonna give you a better shot of getting beating that addiction. Well, and, you know, also, Russia hates trans people as much as Jordan Peterson does. So. Right, yeah, so it was a perfect fit. Hey, it was a yeah. fit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, though, like, as, as parents, we have to be able to hold conversations with our kids about this. Because there are going to be awful people in the world who are going to do awful things or say awful things. Yeah. And then awful things are going to happen to them. And we have to talk about, like, that doesn't mean that the awful thing that happened to them is a good thing. No. And I know we can sometimes, we sometimes make jokes and some, we're comedians. Yeah, it's, so kind we of, it's how we handle our own emotional disorders is we joke about shit and sometimes it crosses a line, but there's a difference between crossing a line and violating that line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, there's towing the boundary, and then there and then is, like... Right, jumping across, taking a little tap dance across there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, uh... Mind your actions. So, <laughs> has there ever been an issue at uh, school for, like, Eddie that he's been bullied? Um... Well, first day, grade one, somebody kicked him in the balls. Okay, that's aggressive, right off the top. Uh, How did he deal with that? Uh, told the teacher right away. Uh, well, after he picked himself up off the ground. Did he, like, air them out first? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. That, was, that was the initial complaint. It was like, Eddie was showing his balls off. No, that's not. <laughs> no, the teacher and the, and the TA saw it. Okay. So he was like, I, you just kicked me in the balls. I didn't do anything. And then Amanda came home. When he came home, Amanda, like, I, was, I got kicked in the balls on the first day. And Amanda knew the knew the student mm-hmm. and she was all like oh him and like the, she's aware that there's some learning difficulties and some behavioral functions there so she was all like so how do you talk to Eddie about that so he doesn't have a retaliation or that maybe he can even mend that relationship in the future because ultimately that's what as dads we want to be able to do is help people like help our children get along with others, help our children coexist in a happy way. Yeah, well, we asked if he apologized afterwards or if it was even like brought up like, you know, before you could say you forgive him, he, did he apologize? Okay. And I believe he did, but it wasn't until like the next day or the day after. Okay. And then um 
And then I'm like, Eddie, you, you don't have to hang around that person. He kicked you in the balls. You know, yeah. you don't have to be this guy's friend, but you don't have to be mean to him. Yeah. So there's that. There's kind of the bringing up that indifference again, right? Yeah. We don't. We don't have to make an enemy out of this, but we don't have to necessarily trust that person. Right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You don't. Don't feel like you got to be uh, frenzies and invite him to your birthday, but like, hello, person that exists, and that's about it. Because yeah. that, that's a big way to ruin trust on the first day of school. Yeah. <laughs> Rochambeau you for it. Bam! <laughs> Just like, oh! Well, we were, I didn't know we were playing. Yeah, no, it's weird. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl last week? I did. You did? I did, and that was very empowering for women. I, you know what? It was empowering for a lot of men. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing God's work there. They were filling a lot of spank banks across the globe. And... Uh, it, just, it, it was a great number, and those women are so vibrant, and they still have a lot of energy, and they're still great performance, and that takes a lot of energy and a lot of talent. I love how I just asked you about the Super Bowl, and you said, fuck the Super Bowl, let's talk about the happening. You, like, you didn't even talk about it, you are like... No, no, that was great football. Right? Incidentally, that was, was fucking great football. Game. That kid, 24 years old, and... Mahone? Yeah, and just, wow, like incredible football it was it was nice like it was nice to watch a game where i have nothing invested in either team yeah because i would have i love andy reed as a coach yeah and andy yeah. reed deserves a super bowl he did. on the 2-2 2020 <laughs> and his 220 second yeah. win like wow there's some numerology for you and then uh but i also love jimmy garofalo Right? Yeah, because like, he was he was back up to Tom Brady. I've been a Pats fan since yeah. like the the late nineties. Shanahan's son. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like I went to school with the Boland family, okay. who were partial owners of Denver. So when okay. they were winning, like Bill Boland Jr., I went. I played football with him. Oh, nice. So like that's my vested interest in Denver. And Shanahan was coaching Denver with Elway at that at that time. At that right? time, yeah. yeah. So it was. Really weird to have one of your buddies show up in a, a Ford, uh, Ford, ex, yeah, the Explorer, yeah, uh, NFL edition, and it's tailored to all leather interior, and it was all Broncos, the new Broncos logo, and yeah, it was good. We got, yeah, it was, oh, nice. I like, I like. Garoppolo has two Super Bowl rings, yeah. but he never, he never played. Some. Yeah. Right, he never got to play in a Super Bowl, so that's why I was like, I'd like you to have a ring that you've earned, earned yeah, as opposed to just tailgated. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> I was happy with the game. I was happy with the game, and then, like you said, I was happy with the halftime show. Yeah, and uh, like, it's important to teach. Well, I don't know. So my daughter's so young right now that it's like, how do you? You'd be positive about that because they own it and they're allowed to own their sexuality. You can't yeah. slut shame them on that, and there is no shame in in what they did. It was very open and artsy, and. Uh, Jeez, whenever it comes up to Erica, I just own it. But also realize it's the onus on owning it there is me teaching Eddie to be like better as a human being to not be slut shaming. Well, right? slut shaming, or even maybe like, you know, I know we made a joke about spank banks, but like the objectification, right? That's Where right. if this is something that, um, like, that is empowering and, and something that you've taken, like, costume, like the, the choreography and costuming and everything that goes into J-Lo's 15 and Shakira's 43 years old, right? And the the work that they do... Put in. Yeah. The work that they put in... Shows for itself. It's fucking a. It's crazy. Right? It's and, like, and that's not just like physically, but like uh, musically, um, you know, like with their art and their craft. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's huge. And I feel like these are, this Super Bowl will be one that like 
we'll talk about this halftime show for a while. We'll talk about it a lot more than what we've talked about uh, Adam Levine's Adam Levine, nipples. In the last year, yeah. And whereas, we're talking like, about Nipplegate. And whereas in 2005, Nipplegate, and they raked poor Janet over the coals for that. And it yeah. wasn't even an open nipple, it was a star. And yeah. like, I don't know. And just, who was the one that ripped it off? Timberlake. Timberlake. Yeah, right? <laughs> We're going to give JT some coal ripping here. Did he have permission it's... to rip that thing off? Did he? And then wasn't it the next year that they brought in like the Rolling Stones? Yeah, the and year after. It was like, like Mick that? Jagger was like more naked than Janet Jackson was, but his skin was so wrinkly that you weren't sure if he was like skin or <laughs> yeah. if he was just wearing like leather. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, what's that saddlebag stick singing around there? Oh, it's Mick Jagger. Oh, it's Mick Jagger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like yeah, he just quit smoking cigarettes. Wow. Was that him or somebody else? No, that might have been Keith. Oh, that was Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah never mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, the Super Bowl was... Uh, you know what? The NFL has its faults. I think that they really definitely did step things up a little bit with... Um, with the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Uh, and just even leading up to the pregame shows and the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. Yeah. I, it, was, it was interesting to watch because, like, as they played back history of all these things. I was just like, oh my God, that right there. I remember these things. And then I came to that realization. I'm fucking old, yo. I remember like, like the Dallas days and like America's America's team. team, You know, (laughs) like, yeah, I remember all that. Like, um, Exactly, exactly. Fuck. You know, you see this 24 year old kid going out there, throwing things on dime, running. Like, I think think that the worst part of the Super Bowl was part of the pregame show when Pitbull did Black Betty. Ah, yes. I will agree with you on that. It was not. And uh, the Pitbull uh, crossover with the comedian um, where he went to look like Pitbull. And he shaved his head and tucked it in there. It was just right before. Oh, can't remember right now. Black Betty, like Ram Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was not great. Um, what did you think about the take it to the house, kid? That where they like leading up to kickoff, they had that uh, young guy catch it and. It started in the parkland, and he ran oh, right, the right, ball right, 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 through, like, yeah. everything, and then he ran. And then ran out of the field, and all the kids came out on the field yeah, and jumped yeah. up and down. Um, you know, I only caught the tail end of that yeah. because I was uh, I was cooking food for the Super Bowl. Right. Like, uh, I had pizza rolls in the oven, right. and I was sticking some mozzarella sticks in. and We had ribs. And because, because we were doing Sober February, uh, you know, it was like... If I'm not drinking, I'm definitely going to pig out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so Gotta have some I, sort of vice. Yeah. I, came, I came back uh, around, like, I'd say, like, three quarters into that video, and, yeah. and then saw the end. But, I, but like, the people talking about it seemed excited about how... Yeah, it was, it was a neat, and, like, you know that took many, many months to shoot, or at least a good month to shoot, with the, all the different spots and how the editing went down, and, like, that's... It was a pretty interesting little feat. Cool. Well, look, we've we've actually hit longer than usual, Minnesota. Yeah, so we need to. Bad. Sorry, it's okay. There were just some things that I wanted to talk about. That's so, it. Yeah. Um, we have we have a show tonight. Yeah, we do. Finnegan's Pub. Finnegan's Pub. That's one of the first places I ever did an independent show in Ottawa. Was oh, Finnegan's yeah? with uh, Nick Braun. Nick's birthday's today too. No, Nick's birthday was yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, anyway, we're going to get a drink tonight. Um, we'll be selling our drink tickets, guys. You guys yeah. want to come on this, down? And this is a show where we get paid in beer. In beer. And, and we'll be selling our drink tickets to... Well, yeah, I'll just give it to Piranha as a birthday present. Yeah, for sure. But, there you go. 
the four <laughs> the four people on the show are all sober. Yes, because you're you're sober this month. Yep. I'm sober this month. Tommy, Tommy Fitz, Fitz is sober, and Walter Mizrahi is sober. Yeah, sober. so there you go. This is a this, dry, it'll be high a dry show. High dry show high. in one of the dirtiest, dingiest bars in Vanier. <sighs> yeah, but you know what? It's got character. Air quotes. They told <laughs> they told us that we're not allowed to what? make any Vanier jokes. Well. I think it's just somebody punched down really hard at Vanier because obviously when Nick's not running it, there's a different producer running it, and we like, won't name we him won't name him. It doesn't he's matter because yeah, it doesn't matter because anyway, and, and somebody up there open mic just outwardly just punched down. You know, there's there's a way to make those jokes. You can that, make a Vanier joke that people can be proud of in Vanier if you're smart about it, but but at the same that time, caliber of it's writers, hacky, so, hacky yeah. as shit. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can use it as a throwaway. I know that you've got one that throws away, like, what are we at Carlton Place? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? there's, there's throwaways but like that. That's a you throwaway. Can, um, you never punch down on the venue you're at. Like, first of all, read the room. <laughs> unless, they're, unless they're, like, into, like, that, like, yeah, self-hating uh, the thing, self-hating right? thing. Yeah. Um, other than that, do you have any shows coming up you want to plug? Uh, the week after February, uh, I got the carp show, but. It's always full, so it doesn't matter. So and you then, guys won't get into that. Sorry, people. Sorry, but you could come out the next night at Shanghai. I'm hosting at Shanghai. Well, sorry, first off, Carp Show, are we talking Juke Joint? Juke Joint. Juke yeah. Joint's a Thursday night show. Thursday night show. And that's the first Thursday of March? No, the first, th- like, this is February. Oh, the, the February, 19th. February 19th. 19th. Oh, I might be going to see the beaches at, um, at uh, Bronson Center that night. Like beaches you ever know? No, beaches. beaches the band. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was like, what the fuck is? Unless you want to throw me on at the juke joint. <laughs> <laughs> nope, pretty full, and I've had to shuffle some shit around there. And then the next night, I'm at, uh, I'm at, like I said, uh, Shanghai. So that's Friday yeah, the twentieth. The twentieth, and then the Saturday, the twenty second. No, it should be twenty first. It should be twenty first, unless I have all those dates wrong, which I totally do. Twentieth at the juke joint, twenty first on the Friday, and the twenty second, I'm at the clock tower. Oh, nice. Yeah. Clock Tower's in uh, Westboro. Westboro, area. and uh, very funny, David Pride is headlining. Ooh, nice. I've worked with him a bunch. Uh, actually, I think my second weekend, he was headlining. Okay. That's good. And uh, Matt Carter. Matt Carter's Matt hosting. Matt Carter's hosting. Matt somebody, Carter. I think it was his first time out with his new kid. Oh, yeah. So we'll be talking with him eventually. Yeah, we'll get him on here because yeah. he just had a kid. Yeah. I like Matt Carter. I think he's one of my favorite Ottawa comedians Smart, right now. Smart, quippy. It's great. Always, always bring something new to the table, and it's always uh, hilarious. Yeah, always. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't think I have many shows lined up for February. No, I like. I don't have any independently produced stuff. But March is going to be a lot of things. We have got the Kitchisippi thing coming we got Kitchisippi. up. Kitchisippi. We got uh, Snapper again. I got another Kimburn show. We got Car. We, we got, got Darcy McGee's Darcy a new McGee's show starting, and up. I'm trying to lock in that Friday on the 20th, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, so so stay tuned for some more shows uh, to come on out. Uh, if you happen to miss our Daddy Issues theme show at uh, Eddie's Diner, uh, we'll likely do another Daddy's Issues theme show with another venue at some point. Yeah, because for that sure. was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it was also, nice to meet a lot of other dads in the community that I'd never met before. Too. Yes, clandestine dads. Look out, it's me. You know, and it was good. It was it was a very fun show to host, and it was uh, it was fun to watch a, a lot of the up and coming talent around. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it is now noon, which means that I need to go grocery shopping. And, and I need to go pick up the fam family. And then we'll probably reconvene at Winterlude. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back uh, next week with something. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be something. It'll be exciting. Uh, yeah. Peace.